Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7888. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com You can be the star you are. You have a plan for your life. You've set goals. You know where you want to go. Congratulations on finding Star Style. Be the star you are. Our vibrant hosts, passion, purpose, and possibility producer Cynthia Bryan and her energetic daughter, healthy living specialist Heather Brittany, share the best roads, fastest detours, and successful strategies for a life worth living. Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to new books and innovative ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never say never. Live your dream. Well, hello there, power partners, and welcome to our playground. You're listening to Star Style, be the star you are on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and I am your host and personal growth coach. My goal is always to seed, stimulate, support, and give you space for talking around the dinner table with meaningful, positive conversations. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Star Style Productions, coaching students to write winning college essays. If you are applying to college or have a student who needs a great editor, you can call 925-377-STAR or visit StarStyleProductions.com to book a session. Because you can sparkle and shine. And this is actually a miracle moment found in a fortune cookie. It is nature, time, and patience are the three great healers. I like that. I thought, you know, those are three things that we always need in life. And we'll be talking about some of that today in our um, episode here of Star Style because What we're going to be doing is going into the garden and learning how we can store our vegetables and fruits for the winter. It's kind of like squirrels gathering nuts for winter storage. Gardeners need to know how to keep their vegetables fresh for a long, long time. And as the resident goddess gardener here, I want to show you how to store some root vegetables for the best taste and so that you can use them and cook with them all year round. And then... We're going to also talk about how to protect your teens online because the Internet is a great place for information and communication, but it is also a source of worry for parents with teens. There are dangers from predators lurking, you know, everywhere online, and teens often don't realize that 
the comments that they make, the photos and videos that they post, might be actually creating some issues and problems for them. So we will discuss ways to protect your teen without invading their space and their privacy because, as we know as parents, we have to give that to them. And then also we're going to learn a little bit about being better writers. As a New York Times bestselling author of six books, it, you know, it, writing is something that is a passion. I do it every day, and I coach people for writing. So I see a lot of mistakes, and we're going to look at how we can write more succinctly and make, sh- make shorter sentences when we can be briefer. Just as Mark Twain wrote, I didn't have time to write a short letter, so I wrote a long one instead. And this is what obviously happens. Sometimes we just go on and on and on. So we'll learn how to make our writing just a bit more poignant and powerful by cutting out some things that are unnecessary. Now, before we get started in uh, talking about our storing of our winter root vegetables, I just want to remind our listeners about our 10th annual essay contest sponsored by U.S. Bank and brought to you by Be The Star You Are as one of the outreach projects. You can get more information by going to Star Style Radio and clicking on events, and there you'll see the 10th 10th essay contest. This year, the theme is what it means to be an American. So after 10 years of doing essay contests, we came up with this thought for for the essay, and I think it's a very, very good one because we live in this land of the free and home of the brave, but what does it really and truly mean to us? So we have an opportunity to think about that. So that, again, is um, the essay, 10th annual essay contest. Go to Star Style Radio and uh, click on events, and you will be you will see what you can do to enter. You can win uh, interviews on this radio show as well as our teen radio show. You will also be able to win dollars, and we all have books, and there are other gifts as well. So make sure to check it out. I think that it's going to be really fun for everyone, and uh, you'll enjoy it. And the great news, too, is you only have to write about 300 words. So it's a very short, short essay. Again, getting back to being a succinct writer, it's so much harder to be a succinct writer. So that's why it's a short essay contest. We also wanted to tell you that we have a Google Plus account that's much easier now. Our volunteer from Dell, Ryan Anderson, has created our, our Google Plus. So join our circle you can go to google.com forward slash and then plus, and that's just the plus sign, B-T-S-Y-A org. So pretty easy. The plus sign, the initials for the charity, B-T-S-Y-A, and then O-R-G, which means organization and is for the uh, nonprofit world. So, again, please uh, join us. I haven't quite figured out how to work it how to work the Google Plus yet, but we do. Uh, we are having fun, you know, trying to learn all these uh, these new things. So let's go into the garden now and talk about how to store our vegetables as we are coming into 
uh, winter. And of course, it's fall. I look out my windows now. The cool weather has set in here in California, and the trees are all turning those gorgeous colors, you know, of umber and amber and sienna and these reds and magentas and oranges. I mean, it's like blazing, like on fire, and it's just so beautiful. And the vegetable garden is still producing, and we're still getting lots of squash and and potatoes and eggplants. It's the end of the peppers and the the tomatoes, etc. But now is the time before the rains start that we have to start picking the rest of our produce and getting it ready. So let's start with uh, the winter squash because they are fun to grow and they're very easy to store. There are dozens of varieties from the traditional acorn that you know, the Hubbard, the butternut, and the buttercup, to the spaghetti squash and golden nugget. Now, the spaghetti squash is fun because when you pull it apart, it literally looks like spaghetti, and you can actually use it like spaghetti. There are also pie pumpkins, too, and I recently wrote an article about all the different things you can do with pumpkins at this time of year. So this is something else that you want to be able to store. So as with other storage crops, some squash varieties store well and some don't. So we have to choose accordingly. Now, squash plants, they take up a lot of space in your garden. But they're not fussy about where they grow. So you can usually plan on harvesting at least one or two good-sized squash from each plant. Now, since I was gone for just about a week, it was crazy. I went out to my garden when I came back, and I hadn't noticed that one of these zucchini that I had just left on on my uh, plant a week ago, it is now so huge. It's about two feet long and at least six inches thick. So that's something that I will probably be stuffing, and it'll be, it will be great. So what you do, the recommendation is to put two or three plants or seeds in a little group and then space them on hills about three feet apart. Then after you plant and fertilize them, you really can forget about them until the first frost because that's when the leaves start dying back and that's when you see your crop. Now, for the long storage life, when harvesting the squash, it's important to leave some of the stem attached to the fruit and that's really, really critical. The best way to ensure this is to use a knife or a pruning shears to separate the stem from the vine. I know that when I was young, growing up on the farm, very often if we were going to use them that night, we would go out into the fields and we would twist the squash or the zucchini and they would come off. But you only do that if you're going to use them immediately. Otherwise, you really need to cut them with the knife. Then you want, after you harvest it, you want to let your your squash cure in a warm place. Warm being about 75 to 80 degrees for about 10 days. Now, when they're ready for storage, the outer skin is going to harden off, and then that will then it's ready that, to store for the winter. Then what you do is you take them and you store them in a cool place that's very well ventilated. Now, humidity has to be low, no more than 50%, better at 30%. And then just check your squash monthly uh, to identify and use up any fruit that's, you know, is showing some signs that it might be starting to uh, to ripen a little bit quicker. A garage can work well as long as it keeps in um, in those temperature zones, or it can be a pantry, or it can be a wine cellar, or it could be a closet. Now, beets and carrots, those are very, very nutritious, especially for winter. 
And you want to choose, again, the beet and carrot varieties that are known to be good keepers. Now, vegetables store best when they're harvested at their maturity, not past their maturity. And that is really especially true for beets and carrots. So in most um, most areas, it means that you wouldn't sow winter crops until like June or July, and then you would harvest them in November or December. To maintain the good quality eating of these carrots and beets, they have to be kept at a constant temperature between 32 and 40 degrees and at 90 to 95% humidity. So you can see that you're not going to store your squash and your beets in the same place. Uh, 32 degrees is freezing when we're talking Fahrenheit. So you're really very, very close to freezing if you're going to store them. And there are three ways that home gardeners can provide ideal storage conditions. They can store them in a refrigerator. They can store them in moist sand. Or you can do what I do, and I call it the lazy gardener's way. I just leave them in the garden. And then I use them as I go. Now, if you live in a climate that has snow, obviously you can't leave them in the garden. But you could probably, uh, I know that some people have like areas that are underneath the house that are close to the snow. It would be nice and cold and you could keep them there. If you're going to store these crops in a refrigerator or in in the sand, you want to start by harvesting the roots. You have to handle them really gently. Do not bruise or nick them. And again, you use scissors to cut off all but about half of the foliage. Now, you want to rub the roots gently. You don't want to wash them in water because that will rot them. But just rub the the dirt off of them so that it removes most of the soil. And don't cut off the root end because if you do, you are opening it like a wound and then it will, the the, uh, crop will decay. Now, for refrigerator storage, you want to lie similar size, same variety vegetables in a single layer in a gallon freezer bag. And you want to remove as much air as possible before sealing each bag. So by pushing down on the bags. And then you can just stack the bags flat on a shelf or in a drawer or refrigerator. And then you want to keep, you know, check on them on a regular basis to make sure that they are still fresh and and edible. And like everything, if you see that they are starting to sweeten up a little bit too much, you want to start eating them. Now, they will stay hard. Beets, for example, and carrots, they will stay hard and sweet for five to eight months, if not longer, if they are stored properly. So should there be some fine root hairs or little de- decay happening, you can peel it off and the root's still going to be fine, but don't cut the root. Now, the other technique is to store the crops in moist sand. And what you're going to do is you just prepare the roots, as I was just saying um, earlier, is that you would rub them gently to get off the soil. You don't cut the end. And then pack the vegetables in a tub or a wooden box or a five-gallon bucket or a plastic-lined cardboard box. Or you can even buy a root storage bin. I like to use those wood, uh, the wooden um, wine boxes if you're going to do it this way. But again, I'm a little more lazy and I leave mine in the garden because we get not too many days that go below freezing here. So then you put several inches of moist sand on the bottom of the storage container You're going to lay the vegetables on the sand in a single layer, not touching each other. Then you completely cover them with sand, and then you just keep layering it until the box of the bin is full. And then the very top layer is sand, and it's going to be heavy. So plan 
not to move it too far. And then what you do when you're ready to eat them, you just take out what you need. Um, then the third technique, um, if you're in a climate that, you know, will the, it, it will have the ground will be cool, you know, cool but not completely frozen over, you can just leave them in the ground. And before the hard frost, you can cover the unharvested carrots and beets with about 12 to 18 inches of straw or leaves. And the shoulders of the beach are very susceptible to frost damage, so make sure that those get covered. And, of course, this is a great time of year to be raking leaves, and instead of putting them in a bin to be hauled away, you want to either use them as compost, or I'm saving everything and putting them in my vegetable garden and just letting them pile up because it's going to be a great mulch for the winter. Then you just lift back the mulch and you harvest when you need it. And when spring comes, before all the roots have been harvested, you can dig them up and use the last of them right before the soil warms. Now, what about some other crops? Um, you can use, I don't know, a lot of people don't even know about them, but I love them. I love like rutabagas and parsnips. And they will, rutabagas will store well in the refrigerator and you prep them the same as beets and carrots. Parsnips can be stored in the sand, or they can be left in the ground, just like the beets and carrots. And th- that's something I think that's, um, that will be good for you when the winter comes. And before I go to break, I just want to say that this is the time of year also to start planting your spring bulbs, your tulips, your daffodils, your hyacinths, because when you do that now, you're going to get those beauties that are going to be coming up and surprising you in early spring, and if you spread it out for the next couple of months, or at least a month, you'll have bulbs coming up at different times, and they'll bloom, um, like some bulbs like crocus and snowdrops, they'll bloom right through the snow, and early bloomers can be one of the first spring pollen sources for our pollinator friends, for birds and butterflies and bees. So there's a big choice of bulbs out there now, and let your imagination run wild, and you can plant drifts or clusters, Anywhere you want. And every year I just vow to plant more bulbs because I am so thrilled when the winter is just dragging me down and all of a sudden I see this rush of flowers coming due. I get really excited. So get into the garden and get all your vegetables stored or leave what can be left in the garden and then just harvest during the winter. Whatever you do, you will eat healthy and eat fresh. When we come back from break, we will be talking about teens. I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are on the Voice America Empowerment Network. So stay, stay tuned. I'll be back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Do you ever just make a mistake when you're trying to communicate? Do you say things like, oh, it should go without saying? Well, maybe it could go without saying, but and maybe you wish it would go without saying, but the word should should not be used. The most common source of miscommunication is quite simply people regularly fail to realize how little they are actually communicating. In other words, We're saying a lot less than we think we are. We assume that other people know what we're thinking and know what we expect of them when this is really a disservice and ends up causing frustration and conflict. The next time you catch yourself thinking, I didn't specifically say that, 
but it should be obvious. Well, stop. Nothing is ever obvious. We are not mind readers unless you made it obvious by spelling it out. Ask yourself these four questions to be sure that you are truly communicating. Did I make myself clear? Would you please tell me what you understood me to say? You can ask that to the person you have spoken to. I'd like to make sure I said it clearly. Please tell me what you heard. I'm not sure that I am conveying my idea the best. What have you heard me say? Or say, I may have said that in a way that does not really communicate what I'm trying to say. If I did, I'd like a chance to rephrase it. What message did you hear? When you use these questions or revise them in your own words to make them your own, you will help yourself be a better communicator. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information on coaching and consultations, call 925-377-STAR or visit starstyleproductions.com. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a changemaker when you dare to care by supporting Be The Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Be the star you are.org. Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be the Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925 377 STAR. 925-377-STAR 925-377-STAR Be the star you are You are the star Plug in your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts as our Oprah of the Airwaves Cynthia Bryan gabs with the gurus Lend us your ears for the Power Hour on Star Style Be the star you are now, here's Cynthia Bryan. Find all you need in a light that shines. The secret to every success lies not in what or even who you know, but clearly seeing where you want to go. And here at Star Style, Be the Star You Are, we really believe that you have the power to have it all. And we intend to help you get there and help you go in the right direction each and every time. This program is Star Style, Be the Star You Are, brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are, 501C3 Charity. It's a literacy charity and positive media charity, helping women, families, and youth excel. To make a donation, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org or BTSYA.org and help make a difference in the lives of teens. And speaking of making a difference, I want to thank our teens and especially give a shout out to our teen volunteer and a teen writer. And his name is Andrew Wang, who organized a trick-or-treat for literacy campaign with fellow teenagers where they put on a concert. And it was really uh, wonderful. It was to help get donations to give books instead of candy at Halloween. And it was such a great success that Andrew... And his fellow teens are planning a holiday party so that they will do another concert. So 
Again, you can find out more information, starsdowradio.com at events. And when you click on events, and you can find out when the next thing is. Well, we want to protect our teens. You know, being a mom, in fact, my nickname is Mama Bear because I am one of these moms that I definitely believe in protecting my cubs. And when I say my cubs, I don't only mean my own children. I mean all the kids that I coach and all the kids that I work with through Be The Star You Are and my team writers at La Mirinda Weekly. I'm a huge advocate for young people, and I want to see them succeed and succeed safely. But how do we protect our young people online? The Internet is a fabulous place for information and for communication, but it's also a source of worry for many parents with teenagers. There are dangers from predators lurking everywhere, it seems, and all we have to do is read the newspapers or turn on the TV to find yet another teen who was tricked into believing that they were meeting or hooking up with a a teen that they had made friends with, only it to be a sexual predator or even something worse. Teens often don't realize that what they are posting online could be dangerous to them. So here are a few steps that a family can take to discuss the tech talk with their teens and at the same time allow their kids to have privacy. So we really need to have the conversation with our kids, and I'm not talking about the sex conversation. I'm talking about online dangers, including cyberbullying, overexposure on social networks, and any inappropriate content. You want to voice your concerns and establish rules. The basic one, if you wouldn't say it, do it, or watch it with me in the room, it's not okay. And I think that is a really good one to think about. We hear all the time about how the kids are posting on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. And there's all kinds of photos and comments and things that they would be embarrassed if if an adult or a teacher or or a prospective uh, boss were to see later on. But that's exactly what ends up happening, and especially when these teens get to college age and college admissions, it's only the click of a button that an admissions advisor can click and can look for the name of this person. And, you know, sometimes it happens that you don't get chosen for something because of something you've posted. Of course, worse than that is meeting scary and dangerous people online. You want to activate parental controls. Now, most computers and mobile devices today come with parental control settings. And, of course, most teens are are probably smarter than the adults and they know how to deactivate them. But there are apps that you can download and parental controls on sites like Netflix and YouTube and iTunes, etc. You want to use them. I know I have a girlfriend who has an app on her phone and it has she's installed it on her kid's phone that is a find me app and basically you can find you can find out where your teen is anytime they have their phone turned on it literally shows the exact location and it, it shows whose house it is and I know we were out to dinner one night and the daughter emailed her or texted her I think it was and said oh I'm I'm on my way home right now or I'm just walking in the door and she turned on her little app, and no, she wasn't. She was at a different party. So she was, the mom was able to monitor this and, you know, nip it in the bud. I'm sure the 
daughter wasn't so happy, but uh, that's what we, that's the price we have to pay as parents. You know, we're parents first, friends second. So friend your kids on Facebook and follow them on Twitter. Now, not many kids want you to friend them on Facebook, but you have to let them know that you are seeing their posts. And then you make sure only their friends can see what they put on Facebook and remind them that tweets live in cyberspace forever. And you can relate some of the horror stories that have happened to kids on social media. And there, there's lots of them out there, as I said, in the newspapers, online, etc. Don't sleep with phones, tablets, or laptops. And don't let your kids do it. At night, all portable devices belong plugged into a power strip or charging station in a public place, such as the kitchen. It's not healthy to have these in the room for sleeping, not only for the lights that, that are... Um, illuminated, or but also for the beeps and clicks and phone calls and texts and all the, the distractions. It's very important for our teens to get their eight hours to ten hours of sleep nightly if we want them to be successful. So again, have that talk with them about the health hazards. Keep desktop computers out in public. Never install a desktop in a child's bedroom. Keep the monitor in plain sight in the family room, living room, den, or other well-trafficked area of the house. I know that sometimes that one's a hard one because most kids, I mean, and most members of every family now have laptops and individual um, computers that they're taking to their room and they're sitting in bed working on them or they're working in group projects, whatever. But again, we really do have to be careful. I know I had another friend who had a really great son who was 13 and he was really, really tech savvy. And he would always just disappear. He had a big desktop into his room for hours at a time. And she just thought he was doing, you know, techy stuff. Well, it turned out he was on addicted to uh, pornographic sites and was actually communicating with some pornographic persons. So it was not a good thing. It all turned out okay in the end, but it was pretty nasty when it happened. Know all their passwords. You have to get your kids' passwords for email, social media accounts, and all of their sites they visit. And they're going to balk, for sure. But when they do, explain that when you let them use this technology, they are waiving any expectation of privacy. There is, this is no different from companies who can monitor all their employee activities on the technology they provide. You know, once your children are 18 and they've gone off to college or they've moved out or they're in jobs, then their lives are their own. And even though as parents we'll always be parents and we have to always guide them, we don't have the the um, importance that we had when they were earlier to really give them a coaching, be a model, and to set guidelines. I know I was very, very strict with my children as they were growing up, and now that they are adults, they actually say that they're going to be stricter when the time comes that they have kids because they realize that by having rules and expectations that they really abided by them more easily. And it actually gave them an out with their friends when they would say things like, oh, I can't do that because, you know, my mom and dad would just be so angry. And, you know, I think that's a good thing. You want to also monitor their activities. You want to check your teen's devices regularly. You want to monitor their social posts, their browsing history, their emails, and their texting. 
And it seems obvious, but many parents don't keep up with what their kids are doing online. And as I was relating some of the examples that have happened to some friends of mine, the results can be disastrous. And trying to fix what's broken is much harder than keeping something running smoothly from the beginning. You want to also be a role model. If you want your kids to use technology wisely, you have to use it wisely. So curtail your own smartphone use. No cell phones or tablets at the dinner table. You know, make sure that when you're out to dinner or when you're out in a public place or when you're visiting friends, that all the devices are turned off and that you're not bringing them out. There's nothing more rude than to be out to dinner and have somebody start texting or to be talking to somebody and then they text and they start texting back. I know that I've had kids come in for coaching, for acting, or for writing or for speaking, and then all of a sudden their cell phones are going off. And usually it's a text, and that's the first thing I talk to them about is that this is not going to be okay in the acting arena or in the business setting or in the um, college administration um, setting that they are striving for. So we really have to be smart about it. Institute a weekend family day. Maybe when you just decide that you're going to turn all electronic devices off or you're going to leave them home for a couple of hours, you can show your kids that they can survive just fine without technology. After all, it's really only been the last 10 to 15 years that we've had all this technology. And yes, kids under 16 have grown up with it. But it, we all made it just fine without it. And a little face-to-face time is never going to hurt anybody. In fact, that is where we're going to develop more relationships. There are so many statistics out there today indicating that communications between individuals have, are not strong and are not surviving and friendships aren't as deep as they have been in previous generations because, because everyone is in a tech world and everyone is is uh, using technology as a method to communicate as opposed to getting together, you know, and playing a a game of pickup or going on a walk or giggling, you know, as you go to the movies, something like that. So you want to give some face-to-face time. And then here are just a few other effective parenting tips. And my friend Zimmy Zimberg, who works to, um, to help parents and kids communicate better, uh, is providing many of these tips. So know your child and adjust your parenting methods to each child's age, unique personality, and their needs. Make sure to hug and praise your child. Tell your child that you love him or her every day. And praise for good behavior. Don't just praise to praise because that actually creates entitlement and kids start thinking they're great for doing nothing. But praise when it is appropriate. And also praise in front of others so that they realize that you care about them, uh, not just when they're by themselves, but in front of their peers. Make time. Set aside quality time each day that's free of distractions from TV, radio, computers, smartphones, and give your full presence and attention to your child. Make sure to listen. That is a key, key discipline that we all need to do. And listen without retorting unless asked for some advice. Keep a routine. Kids are most well-behaved when they have a structured routine and consistency. And you have to follow through on your words. You are the adult 
If you set consequences, you have to administer consequences. Keep balanced. Be calm and tranquil and objective so that you don't do or say anything that you will regret later. You know, consider yourself a coach, not a critic. Nobody likes to be criticized, but we all like feedback. We have to maintain our positivity. Teach self-discipline. Discipline is not punishment. It's teaching your child to be self-oriented and to be able to take care of themselves and make good decisions. It's a vital skill that your child will need to be successful throughout life. So you definitely want to model that as well. And keep that in mind that it's not what we say or what we do. It's who we are and how we live our lives. So we as parents and guardians and teachers and coaches are our best role models for the children that are around us. We have to exhibit good behavior for them to follow good behavior. Self-care. Make sure to take care of yourself as a parent or guardian because our own physical and emotional needs will help us take care of of our children. Obviously, you know, if we're like garbage cans, if we are filled to the brim with stress and and problems, there's no way that we have anything left over to deal with our own uh, kids and what they're going through. So, you know, if it makes means doing Tai Chi or yoga or just breathing or taking a half an hour to shut your door and just say, I need some time for me, it's amazing what giving your t- yourself just a little bit of self-nurturing will do for your own self-worth and for that of your children. And a network, talk with other parents of children to get ideas and encouragement. You know, if you're having any problems, you might want to even join a support group because we can never learn enough. We aren't born with a book that tells us how to parent. You know, we know a child came with a guidebook. So hone your skills. Learn and improve parenting skills. Take a parenting class. Read lots of books. Take a seminar. Read magazines. Go to parenting websites. Listen to shows like this. Whatever you can do. To help yourself will help your kids and will make you a more effective parent. And just remember a few things that all kids really need. They need a peaceful home. They need acceptance. They need a creative outlet, you know, with art, dance, music, drama. They love stories, so read them some bedtime stories. They want you to care, share, and be fair. They want to celebrate. They want a sense of community. Of course, as I said earlier, compliment and praise. Educate, encourage them, and also forgive. You know, nothing is is forever. So we want to forgive, forget, and forge ahead. And remember, even if you're angry with an action, you're not angry with the person, and let them know that. They need healthy, nutritious food, good medical care. We They have to learn to set goals. You want them to be honest and have integrity and to have hope for a bright and beautiful tomorrow. Your individual child is a unique person. Let them have joy and laughter. Teach them kindness and life skills. Motivate them to make a difference. You know, and mourn their losses. If you have a pet and a pet dies, be there for them. It is a big deal. And remember, there's no abuse, no insults, no neglect, no maltreatment. No manipulation. You want nurture and nature. And get them out into nature and into the garden for some quality time, some quiet time, some respectful time. And this will give them 
more responsibilities and it will show that you are an ethical role model. Sports and exercise are always important to strengthen their bodies and their minds and to provide structure and order. So um, extra love and extra attention and say yes more than no. And there's lots of other fun things that you can do. And just be silly with your kids once in a while. Remember that laughter is the best medicine. So I am Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. Stay with me. We'll be back in just a bit. The star you are. The star you are. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel. And join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Low literacy and poor communication skills have been identified in studies as major contributors to general conduct disorders, psychiatric disorders, criminal behavior, and adolescent suicide. To live and prosper in this society, we must be lifelong learners with access to knowledge and skills that can sustain our lives at work, at home, and in our communities. Be the star you are. 501c3 Charity has been working to increase literacy and improve positive message programming since 1999. You can help by making a tax-deductible donation today. Visit www.bethestarur.org. Everybody counts. www.bethestarur.org. Be the lucky star you Positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. It's the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Now, back to the show with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Well, thank you for staying with us here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I am Cynthia Bryan, and you are listening to Voice America Empowerment Channel. So we're every week. We bring you great ideas and hopefully get you inspired that you can be the star that you are. We want to bring you authors and experts and books and help you ignite your power. With that in mind, I want to tell you that my newest enhanced ebook is The Business of Show Business. It is the 14th edition and it has original interviews, music, reviews and tips and as well as all up, uh, updated information on the entertainment industry for those of you who are interested in being an actor or a model and want to know how to get going, stay going by avoiding the scams. You can uh, buy the ebook at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Book, or in the iBook store. 
on um, iTunes, so you can check for it there. And if you want a hard copy, just go to StarStyleRadio.com and click on our store, and I can autograph a copy and get it to you. Now, as most of you know, I have been writing for a, quite a long time now, and I have six books that I have written, and I have so many books in my head, and I just need more time to get them down on paper. And, of course, these days, with publishing the way it is, it's pretty easy to get a book out there. I am the writing coach at the La Marinda Weekly, and I'm the teen coach. And so I'm working with all these young people to help them be better writers. And when they send me their first article, usually it's very, very, very wordy. And even though we'll, I'll give them a word count, and let's just say it's 400 words, it may, you know, they may not read the directions or the guidelines very well. And they'll send me something that's 1,500 words, and most of it is repetitive. So it's really important if you want to be a good writer that you say as much as possible in as few words as possible. Strong writing is lean writing. And when you want to make your writing more powerful, it's very important to cut out as many words as you possibly can that are just danglers that aren't making any sense and they're not adding to anything. So I'm going to give you a few of these words right now and just check your own writing. And this will be helpful. We hope that you will enter the 10th Annual Essay Contest sponsored by U.S. Bank. That is under the auspices of Be The Star You Are charity. And as I said in an earlier segment, you can um, you the, the, there are... Um, awards are dollars, radio interviews, publication, books, lots of promotion, and more. So go to StarStyleRadio.com and click on events, and you can find it out. Or you can even go to BTSA.org and click on events, and you'll get the information. But when you do write, we don't always write as we speak. When we speak, we probably do use way too many words. But when we write, we have that opportunity to edit. So here are a few of the words that you really want to eliminate, if at all possible. The word really. Using the word really, it's an example of writing the way we talk. I mean, most people say, oh, really? Oh, that is so good. Or that is really good. We don't need that in a word. It's, a, it's an emphasis that doesn't translate well into text. So in conversation, we use it, but it's completely unnecessary when we're writing. So think about the difference between saying a rock is hard or it's really hard. Now, did the word really add anything to it? I mean, what's the difference between a hard rock and a really, really, really hard rock? Um, I don't know because... Hard is a word in itself that says it all. Hard is hard. So I don't think you can be much harder than hard. <laughs> so that is a one word to cut. The word just, it's just a filler, and it weakens your writing. When you remove it, you're not removing anything that's meaningful, and it tightens the sentence. It's like if you were saying, well, I just wanted to stop for a bit. Do we need it there? You could just say, I wanted to stop for a bit. The word just is not necessary. So really and just are two of them. 
The word very, it's the same thing. It's like the word really because it's a weak word. I'm very happy or I'm happy. Instead of very, maybe you want to change the word very to extremely. Now, one of the greatest things that a writer can always have on their desktop is a thesaurus. Now, as you learn to write and you get better and better at it, pretty soon your brain becomes a thesaurus and you have all kinds of words that you can use to fill in and to be an adjective or an adverb or to better describe what you want to say. And until that time, you should always have a thesaurus. And there's, there's ones that are on your computer or there's these little ones that are synonyms and antonyms in kind of a dictionary format. I like uh, Roger's thesaurus. It has, it's just very short, but it has really good, you know, just good simple words that could be used. So the same thing, as I said, very is not very good to use. Other ones include the words perhaps or maybe. Now, what that says is that you're uncertain. When you write something, you should be the expert in it. Because if you don't know what you're talking about, then it's not clear that you should be communicating it at all. So when you use the words like, well, perhaps you may consider, why do that? Instead, just say, you may consider. If I was talking about gardening, I don't need to use the word perhaps or, or maybe when I'm trying to get someone to plant a different plant. They're not necessary. Quite is another one. When someone uses quite, he or she probably means completely, almost, you know, almost. And it's, it's something, it's just a fluffy word. It's, you really, you don't need it. Cut it out. It's, when you leave the word quite out, there isn't much difference between what was there or before. Other words that need to be eliminated from your writing would be words that we do use in conversation all the time. Now, of course, when we write emails, well, we will use these words because very often, especially with friends, if you're writing an email for a business contact, definitely eliminate it, some of these words. But if you're writing it with friends, maybe you do want to write the way you speak. But one, for example, would be the word amazing or like. I'm sure that most of you who have teenagers or young adults, the word like has become so ubiquitous that it makes you crazy when you hear somebody say, like, I know it was true. Like, have you seen it? Like, you know, do we want to go to the mall? Like, gosh, isn't that amazing? The word amazing means to cause wonder or surprise. But we use it way too often. So... Nothing's amazing if everything's amazing. <laughs> what you're doing is just diluting. Find another word for amazing. If something really is fantastic, maybe you're going to use the word spectacular or stellar or, you know, incredible, whatever. But don't use these, these words that are constantly in, in the dialect. A- and the word that I just used, whatever. <laughs> we use it in conversation a lot, whatever. But we don't want to write that. Literally is another word that is, is way overused. And it, the only time it would be good is when you have to explain that you're truly not joking. Otherwise, aren't you telling the truth? I always, I always hate it when somebody says to me, 
you know, truthfully, or let me tell you the truth. Don't write those words and don't say those words. I actually almost got into an argument with a, um, a phone tech person who I was talking about a, a recent bail, and she kept saying to me, well, let me tell you the truth. If I could be honest, truthfully, and I said to her, ma'am, are you not being truthful? It, isn't that what I expect when I call you, that you would be truthful? Why do you have to tell me that you're being truthful? <laughs> Why do you have to say honestly and let me tell you the truth? So eliminate those words. They're, they're fluff, they're redundant, and they don't mean anything. Stuff. When you are aiming at informality, don't use the word stuff. It's too generic. It's too casual. And there's usually lots of other things that we can put in there, If whether, you know, it's just like the word things. So you may want to, again, go to your, whatever it is that you're talking about, go to your thesaurus and see what words will come up. If you are using stuff, it could be material or substance or matters or objects or possessions or pieces, you know, what, whatever, whatever it is. If you're talking about food, of course, it could be food stuff. Again, the word things is just like stuff. There, It's not clear. It's better if you have 10 tips on how to help your team, 10 strategies, not 10 things to do you know, when you're sick, 10 ways to get better when you feel like you're coming down with a cold. So you want to be specific with your writing. That is the absolute key to everything is specificity. Now, the word got is another one. Is the word got even a word? I think it's in the dictionary now because after people have used it for so long that now it has become a word. Just, you know, like Google is now a word and Yahoo is not a word. But basically, got is just, you know, as a synonym for to get. And so you, how can you really got something? You could use the words obtain or to catch or become, uh, to move, to understand, to fix, to acquire, to search out, to dig up. But you don't want to say, I got up this morning. That, what is, what is that telling you? Or I got the ball. I caught the ball. We really can't got anything. It's a core meaning. It's a verb. It indicates somebody's obtaining something. They're receiving something. They're earning something or they're, giving away something, you really want to make sure that whatever it is that you're saying means something. So when you're writing an article, the next thing is it's really important that you rewrite your first draft. Never submit a first draft of anything. Read it out loud. You'll be amazed at how many mistakes you make. And it doesn't matter how great a writer you are and whether you've been writing for Weeks, days, or years, we all can get value from reading our words out loud. And before you send anything of importance via mail or email, always edit, edit, and re-edit. I know when I'm working on my own articles for the newspaper or a magazine, I probably do five to ten drafts of everything and edit, 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 and always just go for the least amount of words, that will say what I need to say. And the same when I'm working, editing the teams. They always, the drafts go back to the teams 
for their input and for them to learn something at least four or five times. And it's a wonderful learning tool. Anything in life, the more you write, the better you will get. The more you read, the better you will write. And when you're choosing books, choose a different genre of books. I love self-help books. I think they're amazing, and I know they, by reading the thousands of books I've read, it helped me write my own. But I also like to read, you know, fiction and autobiographies and biographies and histories and those kinds of things because the writing style is different. So try reading as many different styles as possible, and you will find yourself using words in a different way. So write on and write succinctly. Well, thank you so much for listening here to Star Style Be the Star You Are with me, Cynthia Bryan, your personal growth coach. I hope we have the opportunity to coach you in person, online, or by phone at some point. You can contact me, Cynthia, at star-style.com, or to book a consultation, call 925-377-STAR. Again, visit starstyleproductions.com and be the star you are charity Consider making a donation today because Be The Star You Are volunteers work really hard to provide books and increase literacy. And they bring you this show as well as our teen show, Express Yourself Teen Radio, where kids get to host and be reporters and learn the art of communication. My aim is always to inspire, encourage, amuse, and motivate. See beyond your physical being. Know you're a radio star. Cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. And read a book this week. Pick up Be the Star You Are for Teens or Be the Star You Are 99 Gifts at StarStyleRadio.com and go to the bookstore. And until next week when we celebrate once again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan. I thank you for listening. I encourage you to be the star you are. Have a wonderful week and shoot for the stars. Be the star you It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.